0: Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Rocky Romanella. He was born in New York City and raised in New Jersey in an Italian family, rose up through the ranks of UPS over a 36 year career, which I'm going to let him tell you about. And then after he retired from there, he went on to serve as a chief executive officer and director for Unitech Global Services, which is a mid cap telecommunications solutions company. He's experienced in operational management, business integration, telecommunications, franchise development, and leadership development, which led him to found his current company, 360 Management Services. Most recently, he's written a book called Tighten the Lug Nuts, The Principles of Balanced Leadership, and that explores the ways that a true leader can add value as a trusted advisor, mentor, and visionary. He has a unique way of writing the book and ideas about leadership, which we're going to be talking about today. Very excited to have you on the show, Rocky. Welcome.
1: Well, thank you, Kelly, and thank you for that uh, wonderful introduction. I think your Italian mom and my Italian mom are probably the only two impressed <laughs> by that introduction, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, your, your career speaks for itself. In fact, let's start there. You spent 36 years at UPS, and you worked your way from a part-time loader and unloader up into management. And, uh, you know, actually you were a president and general manager of UPS. Supply Chain Solutions. Tell us about that
1: rise. Well, it was uh, interesting. It started out one way, but sort of morphed into a completely uh, different scenario there. I uh, started out uh, working my way through college. My dad, rest his soul, said one of my sons is going to college, and uh, it's going to be you. You're the oldest, and... uh, Unfortunately, we didn't have enough money for school, so UPS had a a part-time opportunity there where we could work our way up through the organization. And uh, so I took that opportunity, started working at UPS, and I went to college, and this to me is the interesting part. Uh, I went to college to be a high school history teacher and a baseball coach, and so that was the Ah. goal. And so I started unloading trailers and uh, got the opportunity to become a part-time supervisor, and it was there that I had this realization that being a good leader, being a good mentor is really being a good teacher. And so I never viewed my roles throughout UPS or later on at Unitech as getting away from my desire to be a teacher. I just felt that instead of teaching in a classroom, I was teaching in a business setting. So to me, it was all about teaching and kind of connecting the dots for individuals the way teachers do. And to me, teachers are some of the greatest leaders in the world. Uh, And so I think that it's in that – kind of desire to affect people and give them the opportunity to see the vision and what we're trying to accomplish and how what role they play to me that was that extension of teaching so I uh, UPS had a promotion from within policy and my dad told me two things when I started at UPS and I remember sitting down with him and telling him I was going on the interview for the job and he told me two things that always stuck with me and helped me throughout my career first he said whatever they ask you to do say yes and thank you (laughs) And I said, okay, all right. And then he said, learn your job and learn some more. So whatever, whenever you think you know everything there is to know, that's the day you're going backwards. So learn some more then. Figure out something else to do. And so as I was moving my way through the organization and, and opportunities were presented to me, I, I may not have felt as if I was ready at that moment or whether I was the absolute right person for the job because it's something new. It's maybe, in a you know, UPS was trying to stretch me a little bit. Uh, but I remember what my dad always said, say yes and thank you. So we moved across the country with four kids in tow, my wonderful wife, Debbie, and I. And uh, she did, just did a tremendous job. I wouldn't be here today without her, with, with any measure of success, without my uh, wife behind me and helping me and, and really mentoring me, to be frank with you, teaching me things yeah. along the way. And so uh, that opportunity, those opportunities presented themselves. And I always remember my dad saying, say yes and thank you. And it, and it also taught me a second Uh, I think, leadership uh, principle that I think is so important today. It's important for you to believe in your people until they're ready to believe in themselves. And Uh. I think that's so important, right? Because UPS believed in Rocky Romanello way in advance of me believing in myself. And so they bridged that kind of confidence gap until I got to the point where I started to have some successes in this new opportunity that they presented to me. And then then you get that confidence and you can move on. I think that same thing happens with entrepreneurs, for example, where they start a business and, you know, there's someone that needs to believe in them. Who's that support unit that helps that entrepreneur? It's probably their family if it's a small business owner or someone that, you know, they trust and value their opinion, who's maybe started another business and said to them, Hey, I think you can do this. But, but all of us need to have that bridge of, of confidence. And so I think it's so important as a leader that you believe in your people until they're ready to believe in themselves. And then once they have that belief, then then I think you see that, you know, kind of morph into a person that has more confidence and the ability to do the job. And so as these opportunities presented themselves throughout my career at UPS, I was able to, you know, say, yeah, sure. Dad said, okay, yes. And thank you. And so we moved. And uh, I think the, the opportunity that I'm the one I you know, found to be so exciting and and to me transformational for me was uh, when UPS purchased mailboxes, etc. Mm-hmm. I I came into that side of the business and had that as a business unit and worked directly with the franchisor and then we rebranded to the UPS store, and it was through that opportunity that I got the uh, that I got the chance to meet and work with over three thousand entrepreneurs because in in our in the UPS store network, all the stores are independently owned businesses. And right. so you meet all these great entrepreneurs. And you know one of the things that it's funny, when you're in business, especially in a large big company, everybody talks about P&L, profit and loss opportunity, you know, a profit and loss, mm-hmm. and being able to manage your P&L. But nobody understands P&L like a small business owner because they have oh. the ultimate, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, it's so true. Even if you're not looking at your numbers, you feel your numbers every day.
1: I mean, oh, you just know well, where yes. they are
0: intuitively. Well, think about honestly.
1: it. Well, think about it, Kelly. They have the ultimate P&L, right? At the end of the day, they hit the cash register, and the drawer opens, and they pay their people. They pay their vendors. And what's left in that cash register is what they take home to their family. That, to me, is the ultimate P&L. And so as I grew through UPS, to kind of wrap up this story, I – uh, you know, I, I had these different business opportunities, whether it's with the franchisors or with supply chain, or running large operations for UPS. Retired from there, took on a role as a CEO and director at Unitech, Went through a restructuring there. We sold that to private equity, and then I started this company, 360 Management Services, which was gave me the opportunity to maybe leave a little bit of a legacy. Right? To me, it's all about legacy as a leader. Do you leave it a little better place than you found it? Are people better because of their time with you? Are your customers better because of their interactions with you? And I felt like. This company, three sixty, gives me that chance to either help people through the training and development side of our business, or through the keynote speaking, maybe motivational thought leadership. And then we have a, a small consulting piece that maybe that helps small businesses really help improve their processes and improve their results. You know, through through the way we you know conduct ourselves, the way we handle our business, the way the process we put in place. So, to me, it's all about that legacy piece. So,
0: and most recently, you've written a book. Tighten the Lug Nuts. I love that name, by the way. Tighten the Lug Nuts. I want to know how you came up with that. And uh, the subtitle is The Principles of Balanced Leadership. Why
1: did you decide to write the book?
0: What was your inspiration for that?
1: Well, my inspiration came from my desire to recognize two very important people in my life. My dad, who was such an important... Part of my early life and development and my core values and my wife, Debbie, who, you know, through my adult life has been such an important part of my life and such an important person who's helped me throughout all these moves and throughout these different responsibilities. And so it's it was really my way of recognizing them, thanking them. And then I felt like this concept of legacy, can I leave things a little better than I found them? And so, you know, as I grew and developed through my 40, over 40 year career, what were some of the lessons that I learned and some of the, you know, experiences that I had that I can kind of pass on to other people? And so the book is kind of is written, as you know, in a story, but also has lessons in it and and aha moments. I try to create these aha moments where maybe people tilt their head and say, oh, okay, what I'm doing I'm on the right track, but maybe this could be a different approach, or maybe it's a different way of looking at it, or oh, I never thought of it that way. So it's kind of a, a book I'm hoping that people have those "Aha" moments.
0: Yeah, and you know, I want to get into the structure of the book because it is different, you use a fictional character. Before we talk about, though, how did you come up with the name, "Tighten the Nuts?
1: Well, it's a story. As as you go through the book, you'll see that every chapter has its share of, of stories. And I always felt like storytelling was a good way from a lesson perspective and a thought-provoking perspective. But the story goes that I was walking around one of our facilities as I normally do. And I love to walk around and talk to people and get a sense of what's going on in their lives and, you know, what roles they play in our businesses being successful. And as I was walking towards this one supervisor to talk to him about this problem that we had, uh, I noticed that one of the vehicles had loose lug nuts. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of what you're trained in the, in the transportation that you're always looking at things, you know, with a, you know, the fuel caps on properly, or the lug nuts, you know, it's just those different things that you trained your whole life. And so I noticed that they were sort of, they were loose. They weren't, you know, coming off, obviously, but they were loose. And so as I'm walking towards him, I, I, I said to him, hey, I've got this really important job I need you to do. You're the right person for me to do it. But before that, hey, I think that vehicle over there on, you know, line one has loose lug nuts. He goes, okay, yeah, I got it. But what's the job you got for me? Now, I'm the the, the district manager at the time which is the president of, the, of that operation so he's ecstatic I I've got the job and he's the person I picked right so that's all he views right now as this exciting opportunity to show me you know what a high potential supervisor he is I said to him, right you take care you know you, you put together your thoughts and I'll come down and see you in a few days and we'll see how things are going well I come down a few days later and I'm looking for him and he's all, I find him in his office and he's kind of disheveled and I said, what's the matter? He said, oh, I got no luck. Nothing ever goes my way. I said, what's the matter? He said, well, last night I got a call. The vehicle, this vehicle had front wheel got a little bit loose and before it became a safety hazard. I had to send out." I said, wait, wait, is that the vehicle I told you to tighten the lug nuts on? He said, yeah. I said, well, why don't you tighten the lug nuts? He said, well, I, I, I heard you say you got this most important job for me. I said to him, hey, this may be your most important lesson in life. That, those lug notes were important, but now they became urgent. If you have too many urgent things, you can only juggle so many urgent things. So the, so the lesson was don't let important things become urgent. And if you think about business and life, we do that all the time. You Absolutely. know, we have an email. Right, we have an email. It's like today. I mean, you and I discussed getting together, but, you know, I prepared myself, you know, the last couple of days. If I waited to the last minute before the show, well, then maybe I'm not as prepared as I could be. Maybe I'm stumbling, right? Because that, that, so the loose nut, lug nut was loose, but when I didn't tighten it, it became urgent. So when people allow important things become urgent, they can only handle so many urgent things, and that's when they get overwhelmed, and that's when they start this, ah, I'm never lucky, nothing goes my way, I can't believe it. And you go back and you say, well, why didn't you just tighten the lug nuts? It, was, it took me <laughs> the five minutes. Right, so anyway, right. That, that, so that's, that's the story, so.
0: But it's a perfect title for for the book too. And let's talk about the structure of the book. Most nonfiction books follow chapters, and and this one does too. But you use instead of just a dry narrative, you use a fictional character to lead the reader through. Why did you choose that format, that vehicle?
1: So I've I have always believed that one of my responsibilities, you know, as a leader or as a teacher was to challenge your people to go beyond that first right answer and and to challenge them to be the best that they can be. But that challenging can sometimes be difficult or you could put a person to be defensive. So throughout my career I never liked that. You know, Kelly would present to me an idea and I would say, "I oh, you know Kelly, I don't know. How I do it. I don't think I might do it differently or maybe this is another way of looking at it." And so I always felt like in some cases if you didn't have enough confidence yet, you may take that as, you know, not as constructive criticism, but that may almost kind of defeat you a little bit. And so mm-hmm. I, I developed many, many years ago this character, Joe Scafone, right? And I would say, so when you present an idea or at a meeting, I would say, hey, let me ask you a question. What do you think Joe Scafone would think of that? And people would laugh, and they'd say, well, I think Joe thinks it's a good idea. i said, okay, well, wait and see when Joe comes in, you know, jokingly. And so this character, Joe Scaffone became my way of challenging people to be the best they could be, to not stop at the first right answer, but doing it in a way that we could smile and have a joke about it, but not feel like, hey, I didn't think you had a good idea. I was just trying to challenge you to move past that first right answer. And so Joe became – so over my career, everyone who knows me always would, – people would come to meetings at the end, Kelly, and say to me, hey, I already covered this with Joe. Joe thinks this is a great idea. Like, okay, well, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. So so Joe Scafone became that character that allowed me to challenge people to be their best, to move past that first right answer, and see if there's a little better answer behind that first right answer. And so I think that's always what – separates excellent or very good ideas from excellent ideas is did you go right past that first right answer and did you say wait a minute is there something a little bit better behind this and maybe there isn't but but the only way you know is if you challenge yourself to go past that so joe gave me that opportunity to you know challenge in a positive way people Mm -hmm. to be the best they can be and go past that first right answer and so it was it was just a natural for me in writing the book
0: sure just don't settle for that obvious You know, the thing that that comes to mind first, you have said over and over again this morning that you, as a leader, you're a teacher. You have really been both. You've been both the teacher and the student because you obviously are a lifelong learner. As you have written this book and as you have created your own company now after a long career with the major companies here domestically and actually even internationally, what new lessons about light leadership did you learn once you were out on your own?
1: You know, it's the, the hardest part is having that, you know, you have to generate that o- your own confidence sometimes as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. right? Because you have those moments where, you know, you're all excited about your business plan. You're excited about the company that you want to create, and, and you have a vision of what that company is going to look like and how you're going to treat your people versus maybe how you may mm-hmm. have been treated – along the way in companies that you worked for. And so you have that excitement on, okay, I'm going to do this. But you have those moments where it's just not coming together, right? You went out and visited five or six per, uh, prospective clients, but they just haven't come on board, right? They just haven't signed a dotted line to do business with you. And so it's it's taking yourself through those peaks and valleys, right? And one of the things that I learned in business that I feel was is very, very helpful in the, in the world of entrepreneurs, and I learned, entrepreneurs that I dealt with at the UPS store is don't ever let your highs get too highs and your lows get too lows you have to find a way to to keep yourself in that kind of 80% range because if you get too high and you're kind of spiking the football and doing the dance, you know, (laughs) you're going to have a down period, right? And then when you get down, don't get too down on yourself or don't get get that defeatist attitude because your people are watching you, even if it's, you know, just one or two people that you have in your care as an owner. You know, everyone watches everything you do. Your customers see what you do. Everything you do speaks. And so I think that that ability – to keep your, you know, make sure your highs don't get too highs and your lows don't get too lows is what it's what helps you get through those difficult periods. And so that's the hardest part is that many times you're generating that energy and enthusiasm to work through those difficult va- peaks and valleys.
0: Absolutely. That's so true. And uh, it's hard to do. Sometimes it's hard to follow, but it's absolutely true. As we wrap up here today, what is one thing that you would leave our audience of small business owners to either think about or to go and implement right away?
1: Well, I think that – so it would be two quick things. So the first one would be as a small business owner – you know what you do best is your your day-to-day tactical way you run your business right you no one understands your business better than you do no one speaks about your business better than you do and no one has more passion about your business than you do that's your strength don't let your strength be your weakness because you also have that responsibility to have a strategic view Of what you want your business to look like maybe 18 months from now 24 months from now three years from now and so it's important to have some strategic vision as a small business owner so don't let the fact that you're so good tactically and you're so good at understanding your business and executing your business that you lose sight of what's going to happen in the next two years three years from now because positioning your business in the longer term is going to be so important right because things are changing the environments changing the marketplace changes and your ability to get to that spot quickly anticipate changes is going to be important for you as you continue to try to grow your business and try to grow you know business and get to the place where you want your bit what you want your business to look like so i think that's so important and then the second piece of it is is that i think it's it's you know nothing kills a business like turnover but nothing kills a business like turnover in a small business environment right if you have one or two you know if you have one or two people that are in your care you know that are in your business well you know you'll never get to a growth side if you're always working on replacing people right so you know in a big company if you have 100 employees or one or two are really struggling okay it's two percent if you're in a small business and you have two employees and one struggling it's 50 percent of your workforce
0: right right yeah so So,
1: great i'm sorry
0: no no, no. In, in in small even even the the little bit bigger small businesses, even if you've got uh you know twenty a lot of times there's only one or two people per department, so if somebody leaves suddenly, you don't have anybody in that department anymore it's it really magnifies
1: oh absolutely, and you know creating that environment where your people would you know, you, you should create that desire for them to want to be the best, the brightest, most informed, and best educated people they can be. And so you challenge them to do that, and they challenge themselves to do that. And now you have that relationship going where, you know, you want them to be the best, brightest, most informed, the best educated, and they have that desire for themselves. And those two things combined just create world-class employees. Listen, Listen, there's a lot of assets in business, but no assets more important than your people.
0: Very true. If someone would like to get a copy of your book, Tighten the Lug Nuts, where would they get that?
1: So uh, we are on Amazon. So Amazon has uh, do a live on You can order it on Amazon, as well as at our website, www. It's the number three and then the word 16 Com. I think if I had to do over again, I would have came up with a shorter name for the company or <laughs> – or, uh, so it wasn't the brightest thing I did. I can tell you that. If I, I know what I know today. I would have been something like a lot simpler and easier, but it's www, the word, the number three and the word 60 management services.com And then we're on all the social media. I'm not very good at it, but I have a great person that, uh, uh, she keeps me uh going on social media, and so it's uh we 're on facebook on linkedin uh Instagram I think we're just now on Pinterest, which is pretty cool. I thought yeah. so that was, yeah. was interesting so All uh right. so I really enjoy it. and the book's doing really well, so thank you very much for uh promoting it on my behalf it's it's really been going well and uh, uh real quick, if I could one last thing is the so the most exciting part or or response i've gotten from the book is people emailing me and saying to me, "Hey, I read the book." And I thought of my dad and mm-hmm. I, my dad since passed. And I thought about the times we had together Or one gentleman emailed me and said, Hey, I called my dad. I, I put the book down and called my dad, you know, and I've had uh, a couple people call me and said, Hey, they, uh, it was a great mother's day gift as they, as I talk about Debbie in the book and talk about all the wonderful things that she's done and the inspiration she's been for me. And, and the stories about her that go out throughout the book and, you know, mother's day was a, we really, we really, uh, so a lot of books at Mother's Day as people bought them as Mother's Day gifts. So I thought that was a really cool byproduct of the book. I mean, it was the unintended consequence, but it really was. Uh, it really made me feel really good.
0: Sure, it, it made everything worthwhile because I know that it is a sacrifice when you, have to, when you set aside the time to write a book, so, so what wonderful feedback that you got there. And of course now, after hearing that, we can't resist going out and buying the book, so you can do that through Amazon, as you said, or through your website, 3, the numeral 3, the word 60 com. Rocky Romanella, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate it.
1: Uh, Thank you, Kelly, and thank you what you do for small business owners. Thank you very much.
0: Absolutely. We love it. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at IThinkBigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.